This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. Eric and Jeremy here back with Bucket Talk. This week, we're talking about side hustles versus distractions. As a quick reminder, I'm here with Jeremy Perkins. He is the living, breathing, everyday, rolling up his sleeves, trades guy. Not your expert. Not your expert, but started out as a U.S. military veteran, started out as the low man, as a mechanic, and now is the foreman in the top of his trade as a husband, a father, and is also studying for my to undergraduate get his college college and bachelor degree. Absolutely. So here we are. Side hustle versus distraction. So depending on what you listen to and, and the content you consume, side hustle is a is a kind of a term that's been thrown around. It's got some positive to it, but it's also got a lot of cheese and, and kind of <laughs> corny stuff associated Absolutely. with it. But we're here to, to kind of really talk through it from a trade perspective. And at the highest level, Jeremy and I, and we, you know, we talked about this earlier, this really starts with you deciding what the goal of your side hustle is. If you, the goal of your side hustle is for it to become your full-time hustle, that's a very different conversation than if the goal of your side hustle is you work in the, the field and you know the average salary for, the, for a tradesperson is $55,000 and that range is massively but if you really wanted to make an extra 10 grand, that's really a side hustle. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. And uh, one is actually leveraging your main hustle to, uh, to complement your side hustle. I mean, when I got into the trades, I didn't really know much. But as I learned each step, each skill, I realized, hey, you know what? A friend of mine needs a break job. I, I can do a break job for him. You know, I can... I got the contacts. I, I can skinny the margin. Um, I can make some money, and you know, I can do it in my my garage. Awesome. Using my skills to make a make a quick buck or an extra dollar, which is great. You know, the the more the more you move up, the more you realize, the more you can do, and, and the more you can take on. There's definitely ups and downs with that. You know, you're taking a little bit more on your back. You you have uh, the responsibility now versus your employer. It's a quick way to make cash. You're really good at what you do. Um, definitely uh, so, use your skills to do so it. So question. So early on in your career, you dove in, and we're not going to go back to episode one. No, if you no, really not care. At all. After the military, yep. you started on a garage working yep. on cars. The example of leveraging your main hustle was you were learning brake lines. You were learning basic stuff. Yeah, and yeah. So, so you worked for them for, say, you know, this nine to five, seven to three, six to two, whatever it was. But yep. it was taking what you did in those eight hours in most trades you get those eight hours and they don't have the ability to do overtime because that's what you do right you are taking it and doing it on your own correct Is that right yeah yeah absolutely some shops some uh companies don't don't offer overtime just because it's not their policy or they, they just don't have it so you want to try to make ends meet you know, it's good. You use your skills outside of uh, what you do. I know a lot of guys in municipal jobs, DPWs, firefighters, anything. They get out of three, they can they can do a job. You know, outside that and and, and make more money. And I think it's I think it's great. I mean, right now I don't do any side work, but 
I do have a side gig, which we'll get into in a, in a little later on in the episode. All right, all right. Especially early on in your career, right. your personal experience was you leveraged your main hustle to fuel your side hustle. Absolutely. And so we're going to talk about this a little bit, but that sounds like that was that was beneficial to you because your side hustle was actually benefiting your main hustle and so yeah. vice versa. You were basically, instead of working your max of eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, in, a, in your craft as a mechanic, you were able to get 60 to 70 to 80 to 90 hours of actually working in a craft that you m wouldn't have been able to get to from the company that you're working with. Is that, right, is right, that right. right? Yep. One thing we talked about earlier was, you know, now that you're working for a, you know, you, you love your company, you love your boss, you're, you're foreman there. The biggest thing is you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. No. And so for me, I'm in a tight knit community and it would really be hard for me to pull a clientele that doesn't affect um, my main hustle or, 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 or my employer. I mean, my, most, of, most of the people I meet through the town or in the surrounding area that I could potentially pull as a job could potentially be my my clients at my at my main job if not already so you know i have to be careful when i when i first started with pat i i asked him i was like you know what's your policy on side work he said uh and a lot of shops do this no side work here on the premise uh you're allowed to do a fam like immediate family so like my wife's in my car um, my children are of driving age what yet. A, what so. about my Tahoe? No, not at all. Um, so <laughs> it, it was it it was it was it was a perk, a benefit for us to be able to use the shop for our own our own personal uh, gain. But there's a lot a, a ton of shops out there that don't even allow that. You don't want to abuse that power, so you don't you don't work on your side stuff there. And you know you hear horror stories throughout the trades, all of them of um, people using their contacts or, or shop equipment or, you know, their company's equipment to do side work. And, you know, I frown upon that completely, but you know, I have my own personal set of tools. I have my own, you know, personal workspace, not at my job, but in here, here we are, um, that I could absolutely do something like that. Now it's tricky because I do, like you said, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you, you don't step on your employer's toes. I mean, you don't quit your day job and you don't jeopardize your day job. I mean, that's yeah, that's like yeah. number one. But I was upfront with him. I said, you know, hey, I have. I was actually thinking about doing side work, and um, I said, what's your rules for it? And, and honestly, right upfront with him, and he goes, well, as long as you ain't stealing from me. And so, and that's kind of how we went. So any side job that I took on, I actually approached my boss. and was like, hey, I'm doing a side job this week. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And it was good. Most of the people from the surrounding towns on the other side that, you know, I'd met and it, and it wasn't a big deal. Or I had friends from in the western part of the state or up north that would come down and I'd do something. Any, anybody that I morally knew wasn't going to be my boss's customer. So yeah. I, I guess having like a straight moral compass is, is a huge thing too, because, you know, I could look my boss in this face right now and say, I have never taken any food out of your mouth. You know what I mean? So that, that's, yeah. that's yeah. kind of the way I sleep at night. And I think you kind of had to operate by the key takeaways from don't bite the hand that feeds you is one, don't take advantage of your employer in, in really any capacity, which is really common sense, but is, yeah. is really, uh, 
having good ethics, really, at the end of the day. I mean, it could, it could definitely get gray, but at the same time, if 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 you're up front and, and you know, I'm sure there could be mistakes, honest mistakes made, but like I said, as long as you're up front, I think those those mistakes can be, you know, uh, washed away and, and nobody would, no harm, no foul. But yeah, ethics is a huge thing. And it sounds like the easiest way to, to, it's tricky and it's gray, but it sounds like the easiest way is to put yourself in your employer's shoes. Mm. You know, I'm paying Jeremy during these X amount of hours for these hours, so he should be working for me. Not he, only that, they're, 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 a lot of places are paying you, training you, and, and, and giving you equipment. So, yeah, yeah. To take any of those, and I'm, and the the training's kind of a gray area because that you're you have you're, it for life. Yeah, your knowledge is is your knowledge, so whatever. Yeah, but you know anything taken from your employer to not benefit your employer, I, I have yep, a hard yep, time. Yep, yep, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. And so I think the takeaway there is so so in, in Jeremy's trade, being in the mechanic field. Yep. He's got all these tools at work, whether he pays for them or not, and, he, and he's got this garage, is if he's going to do side work in the field, one, he was, he was checking with his boss, which, which you don't necessarily have to do, but he was. He had the courtesy to. But making sure you're using your, your own equipment and you're, you're working in a, in a different space if you're going to in hours that aren't there. Yeah. And if, if, God forbid, you said, hey, I want to use the garage, go to your boss and say, listen, do you mind if I work from, you know, seven to 10 tonight and, and use your garage and use your equipment? And they may say, Hey, totally fine. Not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, and, and I've, we've even got, we've even talked and maybe not specifically my boss, but I've, I've heard across the trade, Hey, you can rent this bay for me for, for a cheap price to, to, um, to do whatever you need to do, or you can rent this piece of equipment or you can even borrow this piece of equipment. Like, like I said, as long as you're up front, you know, that could be a, a perk and a bonus for you. And, and that goes for uh, suppliers, too. I think that even though your employer's above board or you and your employer are above board, whatever network you've created through your employer, make sure that you take those those necessary precautions when you're purchasing parts or purchasing equipment that, you know, for your own self, that you're you're making sure that you're not muddying the waters at all. And so let's let's jump to a concept we discussed earlier, which is transferring your skills. And so for your world, it's a little bit different. You know, you are you're wrenching, you're you're doing a bunch of stuff, you're welding, you're doing a doing electrical circuit boards and it that may not be a perfect translation but let's talk about we talked about a trade earlier that has a has a very good transfer right, skills which right. is a, which is alignment right i mean and and so we can we can go completely off on a tangent on this one but you know there's a few a few uh, trades that that we're going to spotlight right now and one of them is is actually alignment or electrician anybody who's in a bucket truck those guys work up in the in the power lines all the time um and there's there's actually two takeaways from this i know a lot of electric companies in our area offer christmas light service or holiday light service in the uh in the holiday season so you know you can call an electrician or, you know, a Highline company and say, hey, can you help me put up my lights or whatever? And, and they do that as a service. So still electrical related, but completely out of their element. I mean, it's a, it's a complete, it's a complete side gig. On the other side of things is a lot of those bucket trucks are used in different trades. And one of them is uh, for tree work. You know, a lot of landscaping companies that, that delve into uh, tree pruning and, and um, you know, tree work, 
as well, as well as tree companies that that completely do tree work, they may utilize the skill of an electrician uh, who knows the knowledge of the bucket and everything, and knows their way around a chainsaw or or pruning shears or whatever. So there's there's a lot of transferable skills. Whether you know, I want to take my knowledge of electrical automotive electrical, uh, go and further my education, uh, through schooling and, and do house electrical. That's great. I mean, from welding certifications, you know, doing welding in, in, in my trade or even auto body work. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do or, or you're, you're, uh, introduced to that, um, could lead to a more lucrative, you know, side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like there's two big concepts there, which are, One's a transfer of skills, right. and the other one's a transfer of equipment. You know, myself being in the e-commerce and, and, and white-collar side of the world, you know, my transfer of skills is I know how to sell things online, right. build brands to and sell things to customers at right. scale. And so... You're right. I didn't even think about transfer of equipment. That's that's actually a good point. Um, yeah, the same thing. The bucket truck. Uh, you know, it could be used for highline work, and it could be used, uh, you know, in arbor work. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, a bobcat, for example. You know, um, a lot of people use it for excavation, but they can use it for snow plowing. Um, I do know uh, a company that they use the bobcat to transfer shingles from, you know, one part of the yard out to the street to the dumpster. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of equipment that can be used, you know, cross trades. I, that's, a, that's actually a great point, Eric. In my world, I think about transfer of skills is taking something that I know during the day mm-hmm. and transferring that to something I can do at nights and weekends, right. and making sure I don't bite the hand that feeds yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Transfer Naturally. equipment in my world gets very, very tricky because, <laughs> you know, company-owned property from my computer to the systems and the you know, very tricky. You know, if I were to do something like that, I'd have to talk to my, you know, same thing, talk to my my company, my investors, my employer, all that stuff. But it sounds like the transfer of skills, transfer of equipment in, in your space is, is common. One, if you're an employee is something you just want to really communicate up front. But if you're a business owner or, depend, you know, a small entrepreneur, it's Hey, how do you get as much utilization out of your skill and your equipment as possible? So, I mean, this actually this actually leads into another point. A lot of uh, employers realize that there is a peak or um, a pinnacle at at that company. So, so take for example my trade. I'm a mechanic, and I think every not everybody's natural aspiration, but most people's aspiration in our trade is to own their own shop including our shop owners. At one point, they were a mechanic. So everybody realizes that that at some point, they might want to break off and and bite off something completely different. So, you know, you you spend the time, you grow them, there's somebody that's that's good for you, but there's going to come a point in time where they might branch off on their own. And, and as an employer, do you nurture that? Do you build a, do you, do you further your network? Do you make it so that maybe one day they're going to become an asset for you or do you cut them off and, and, uh, and, and go that route and say, you know what, uh, that's done. But I think as an employee, you handle that properly. I mean, as long as you're, you're honest and in, in your side gig and you may even uh, confide in your employer and say, Hey, you know what, my goal or, or, or my aspiration is to own my own company. 
how do I do that? And, and you, yeah, you actually yeah. might work together to, to eventually, you know, break off and, and build that. And I've seen a friend of mine, his, his uh, father's a roofer and his brother-in-law uh, worked for him. And then they kind of split a little bit and they subbed, they subbed for each other. And then now one's kind of phasing himself out into retirement and the other one's taking the bull by the horns and, and just, you know, making it his own. So there was no actual competition and it kind of worked in every, in every time frame that it was, but you know, it, that could easily go bad too. Yeah, no, no. You know, two years ago, the rest of my career, I was, I was working for someone else or working for a company essentially. Yep. And so I spent the first 10 years of my career, no side hustles, working all out, 100 hour weeks, nonstop. Right. And then it got to a point where I hit a ceiling where, you know, I, I got promoted to a level where I couldn't get promoted again because there was a CEO above me or it was a president above me and there was no room for me to move up. And so the only way for me, me to make more money was to have a side hustle. Right. So not only did I get one side hustle, I had two side hustles. I got three side hustles. And I, and I wasn't actually taking away from my nine to five, which was really like an eight to seven. Yeah. And I was actually grinding. But I was going home, putting my kid to sleep, and then from eight to two, eight to three in the morning, working on my side hustle. Yeah. But now that I've switched back to starting my own company, yep. no side hustles because my main hustle is my side hustle. Correct. And so it's a little bit of a, from an employer or an employee balance. If you're an employer, you need to understand your employees might want to have a side hustle. And how does that work and make sure everyone's happy with that? And if you're if you're an employee, making sure you're handling that correctly. Well, absolutely. And and, and to be honest with you, um, I've taken on a few side jobs myself, but I've never wanted to lose that buffer. I mean, there's a, from insurance to all sorts of things, warranties and, and everything with, with, with the networks that you build through the business. I've never wanted to assume that responsibility on myself just me personally, there's so much can go wrong in your side hustle mm -hmm. that, that you need to be sure in everything that you do and then be able to back it up. And I just, myself, I didn't see the worth in it. However, getting back to my main point about, I do have a side hustle and my side hustle is my boss actually owns a plow company. So it would, it's a part-time job, a side hustle, whatever you want to call it, but I plow snow for my, my employer. So Yes, there are times that it takes away from from my my main hustle, but at the same time, my my main hustle and my side hustle employer are the same. So they go hand in hand. So there there are always exceptions to the rules, but I've always been on the you know what I'm not going to screw my day job up. You know I don't need to deal with the headaches when I when I'm done with work. I want to be done with work. But you know, for people that need to make ends meet, absolutely. I mean. It, Use your skills. It's it's a great it's a great thing to do. the 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 opportunities are rampant in the trades. There are so many opportunities. If you can't find one in your own trade, you know, transfer skills. I'm sure you can find something mm -hmm. comparable in another trade to do. This is the thing I sh I believe strongly in. And Jeremy has conflicting views, which is which is a good debate. Which is why we're here to have these <laughs> debates. Which is my thesis is if your side hustle, unless you need your side hustle to pay your basic necessities, food, water, shelter. Right. Which some people do. They need that extra. And we're not talking about you. Yeah, yeah, we're not. But if you need that couple extra hundred bucks, yeah. do whatever the hell you need to do. Flip pizzas, flip burgers, yeah, yeah. throw mulch, rock, whatever. Like, you know what? 
all power to you. But if you do not need that side hustle money to support your basic necessities, then you better make sure that that side hustle is making you better at your main hustle or it is a distraction. So carpenters need to have their cars repaired. I need to have, you know, things done in my house. You know, I know a lot of guys want to do the DIY thing and that's fine. You know, if you want to get better at at something else, you want to become T-shaped as they call it, being able to, uh, you know, have a whole bunch of knowledge and a whole bunch of different facets, that's that's perfectly okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But if I need to pay for something, if you calculate it out, it would actually take me more time and effort to learn that than it would be to just plow through and, and you know work a couple extra hours at my own trade and then pay somebody to do it. So there's there's a whole bunch of different ways to weigh it out, but my side hustle is actually my main hustle. That reminds me of myself over the past years. You know, over the past years I've been working for someone else essentially from seven to seven, seven PM basically, give or take with with commute and spending my nights and weekends focusing on real estate, trying to buy properties up in New Hampshire that took an incredible amount of time. Making offers, every every house to try to get took yeah, seven offers, <laughs> you know? And so now those tables have turned and I'm really focused on my main hustle, which is my the new company I'm working right. on. That was a massive distraction. And so that's been eliminated because that was taking time from the current business I was focusing on. And so it was, it was hard for me because I actually loved it, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something I wanted to make my main hustle right now, yeah. maybe I do in the future, but it was something that I knew was gonna sh- almost prevent my success in my current hustle. So that's 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 actually a wild point, and, and I'm, I'm just gonna briefly touch on it because I'm sure it'll be another episode, but when does your side hustle become a retirement investment versus a, a in the forefront quick money grab? For you, I think, your real estate investment and a lot of carpenters, a lot of plumbers, a lot of electricians, they get in the short sale property, they redo and, and they do that. And it's more, you know, they, they have the, the rental property and, and they're kind of setting up the retirement because they don't necessarily have the 401k or yeah. the Roth IRA or any of that stuff. And I think that's, I think that's a great point to have is, is like, it's not necessarily a distraction. It's not something that's going to be there their their next day job. I mean, it could be. I mean, these are all, you know, uncharted territory. But at the same time, it is, you know, I'm fortunate to have a 401k, but a lot of people don't have that. So what so what is your long-term, you know, in, investment? And for you, it, you know, those that those are the properties. You know, I I think that's a great takeaway is, is that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a quick money grab now like how do I make ends meet? It was like how do I set myself up in the future? So, yep. you know, I think these are all things that people need to weigh. Uh, there's there's yep. so much, no distractions, you know. You need to concentrate on your job at work. And then, you know, your time off is your time off. You do yep. see, yep. see as what you... And, and for me, it's buying properties and getting them up to rental speed is a distraction. But if you're an electrician, you're a plumber, you're a roofer, you're right. a carpenter. Right, it goes hand to hand. That makes you better at your job. Like, right. why, you know, that's a no-brainer. Like, you already know the skill. Like, I don't know anything. I'm doing this stuff for the first time watching YouTube. Not only are you doing it more efficiently, more faster, but it's actually, you're spending more time in the craft that's going to make you better in your, I mean, like, it, that's it, a home run. And to be honest with you, it may be as simple as something as, as your, your boss passed it up. So all yep. the research and everything was done by your boss, and he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to buy that property. And you're like, I'll buy the property. I mean, yeah. there's so many times in, in our industry has, has a, has a junk car or has a car been condemned like this 
no more. Like, we're done repairing this car. You know, it's got to go to the salvage yard. And the first really person to get it is is the business owner, you know. Is this something that you can you can fix and 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 make your own? And uh, like you know what, Pfft, not worth my time. But it's all in the eye of the beholder. It, it could be worth my time. I mean, yeah. I may not value my time versus a dollar sign. I may just say, hey, my time is my own time. Yeah, you know, I can make a I can make a buck off it. So you know, it is what it is. High level takeaways: one, you determining is it really a side hustle or is it something that you actually wanted to become your full-time hustle. Right. And so one is a distraction. The other one is, hey, you're actually working towards something that you want to do full-time. And we can't make that decision for you. And that's something you need to really uh, figure yeah, out. Yeah, just, just, just use your moral compass. I mean, it, it's worked for me. It's worked for a lot of guys. You know, use your network. Use, use the people around you. Say, hey, am I making the right decision? And, and then go from there. In the trades right now, there's so much work right. that, that literally if you wanted to work, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you could, and you can get paid for it. And that's really what this is about, is, is there's there's a surplus right now. You know, 10 years from now, we'll be having a different conversation. Right, right, but, right. but I mean, even if you're working a nine to five, you're an accountant, you're, you know, um, you know, data entry, you're anything, you know, a receptionist, and you want to make ends meet, and there's just no overtime, I'm sure you can find something in the trades that you could do, whether it's painting, whether it's, you know, Carpentry, what anything? I mean, there's there's so much possibility. The possibilities end is like we hear all our firefighters, policemen, they they you know they come into the industry, the trades to to make their extra money. So you know, come on in. The last takeaway though, and I, I really want to make a, a point on it is is make sure that you're doing above board stuff with the government. Pay your taxes and uh, two things you can't cheat in life: death and taxes. Right. So just make sure you're doing everything. You know, um, if you're snow plowing, make sure that everything's reported. I mean, you know, do what you will, but, you know, we, at least we had to say it. Well, thanks for joining us this week. You'll hear from us next week. We appreciate you joining us for Side Hustle vs. Distraction. Later. Later.